Morning. Let me just say real quickly before I get started, you know, with VBS and these life groups starting, once you know, what is making that noise? It sounds like a ship coming into a port. Is it Children's Church? Okay. I hear this. Mm. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> the front row apologized. Anyway, okay. Um, with VBS being here, we've got life groups. I want you to know that Church on the Hill, young married couples with children, we care about you and we are focused on you. And we have got so many great things happening, especially starting today. And I want to encourage you, if you're not plugged in, Robert and Dana's life group that starts tonight at 5.30 is a great way to get plugged in. It's going to be here at the church. We're going to have child care. Um, it's going to be ice cream. I mean, it's, I, would, I almost guess they did that to try to get me to show up because I can't hardly turn down ice cream. I even said to Elizabeth, I said, are we going to go to that? They're having ice cream. <laughs> I love ice cream. Uh, but it's going to be so great. They're going to be teaching on this book right here, Love and Respect. And I will just tell you, it will change your life. I believe this life group will change your life. This life group that Ron and Sarah are starting. Just love them so much, and I so trust them. They have taught um, uh, Dave Ramsey's financial peace over and over and over to this church. They help in registration of VBS. He, he serves with me on the worship team on Wednesday nights to play drums. She's putting together a, a missions trip to Uganda for our church. Um, great, great family to go and be a part of. And uh, they have fun. They did uh, Jeopardy at, um, at Christmas. It was a crazy Jeopardy, almost impossible. Uh, but uh, it was fun for those of y'all that were there. But I want to encourage you, parents with children, go get plugged in. Parents without children, we've got life groups with, with uh, John and Judy Saka. We've got great things to offer you. But I just ask you, plug in. Get involved. Show up this week and help us. We need help this week on, at VBS. And you can see Caleb and his team are working so hard to reach our children. Amen? Amen. All right. Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. Today I'm going to continue what we did last week. It's about God's financial rewards. And I just want to ask you for just a minute, just shut everything down, hit the reset button, and say, I am ready to receive God's word today. You need to make that determination right now. It's too easy to let things slip through and miss it. Don't miss it. Amen? All right. Sermon on the Mount, talking about receiving the, the Father's rewards related to money. And in this way, we express our love for Jesus. But there's one thing that Jesus highlights here in Matthew chapter 6, and that's how to receive the Father's reward and the fact that the Father does reward and that the rewards are related to money. And I love to talk about giving money. I love to talk about it because, because of one thing I kind of like to refer to as power encounters with God. When I give money, I position myself for God to move in my life. And I love that. Sometimes I can't afford to give, but I'm so excited about giving because I know God is going to see it and is going to respond to it. He has to. It's his character. It's who he is. He doesn't even have to think about it. It's who he is. And I get excited about that. I had somebody this Wednesday night showed up and they had told me they were going to be gone all month preaching and, and doing other things uh, through the month of June. But here this person comes walking in. I'm like, what are you doing here? And this person said, I needed to give my tithe. 
And what, what this person was saying is, this needs to get in the ground. I need this in the ground. I'm in such great need. I need God to move. And this is one way that he gave us. Give. And it's good. It's good to give. When I give money, God sees. And there's an interaction when I give between his heart and my heart. And he actually answers my giving in a specific way. In a way that in the amount that I gave and the timing that I gave, it corresponds to how he answers. And I would just want to kind of call it a power encounter with God with my finances. And money in the, in the Word of God is one of the most important and prominent themes in the whole Bible. Jesus taught more on money than almost any other subject. And you know it's surprising, I think, sometimes, but it has such great impact on our life, negatively and positively. And you know, the Word of God shows us a lot of things about money. talks to us about how to manage it, how to obtain it, how to save it, how to invest it, how to multiply it. And using natural wisdom, I think that's one thing that's so good about Dave Ramsey's teaching is he is a Christian, he is a, a follower of Christ, but he gives natural ways to handle your money. He also includes the supernatural, but it's mainly the natural ways. And those principles come out of the Word of God. The Word of God is not just supernatural principles, it's natural principles with supernatural principles. We need to do the natural. Joe McGee talks about we're to do the natural, God does the supernatural. Amen? We learned last week that, that Jesus teaches on two major themes throughout the gospel related to finance. Point number one is that God promises to multiply your finances. It's a promise. How many of you believe the promises of God? Well, one of them is your finances. Amen. Bless our finances, Lord. And it's not only a New Testament, but an Old Testament doctrine. The second point that he makes with even greater emphasis is a spiritual danger related to covetousness. That as God multiplies our finances, he warns us and challenges us not to have a wrong spirit toward money. The Lord says he wants to multiply your finances, but for the right reasons. Not so that we can live independent of God, but rather so we would interact with God in a greater way and we would be involved in his kingdom purposes. So from a biblical point of view, the Old and the New Testament, we need to understand that prosperity is a blessing. Prosperity is a biblical blessing. And that poverty is a curse. Some people will argue in the church that poverty is a virtue. It is not. It is a curse. It is something that we are to remove ourselves from. So Matthew chapter 6. Jesus makes a lot of points here about money, but the first point, and let me just warn you, we're going to talk about money today, and we're going to end up today on money. Uh, we're going to end this little section on money. Next week is going to be about relationships, continuing on on the Sermon on the Mount, but still in, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks again about money. So get ready. Jesus is doing the teaching here. Do you remember? This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' teaching. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 this morning, verse 4. The Father himself openly rewards, watch what a powerful statement, that your charitable deeds, your giving of our time or our money, may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. 
So when you give your charitable deeds, when you do them before God, he sees and he responds openly. He openly breaks in and gives a blessing that other people can see and notice. So you give in secret. You remember as we led into, uh, into Matthew chapter 6, it talked about don't sound your own horn. Don't go out here and broadcast everything that you're doing. Do it between you and me. You and me, meaning the Father. Because the, Jesus says the Father sees and he will reward you openly. Out in the open. Jesus says, I'm openly going to bless you. The Father is openly going, and it's going to be obvious. And the blessing is going to be in this age, not just the age to come. We're going to see later in Matthew 6, verse 20, that he's talking about the blessings of the age to come. Not right here. Right here, he's talking about the blessings now. How many of you need blessed now? I need a financial blessing now. I need breakthrough in my life, in my kids. I need breakthrough in my church. I need breakthrough now. Amen. All right, we're in the right place. He says, when you do charitable deeds. Now, the charitable deed has, time, has a time and economical dimension to it. Sometimes it's both time and money. Sometimes it could just be money. Other times it could just be time. But the idea is that it is your strength. Your time and your money, your strength by investing your strength in what matters to God because you love God. Now, don't miss this. We are entering into the Sermon on the Mount following his word because we love God. Jesus is trying to show us, give because you love him. And I'm going to show you that if you give out of the right heart, Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you that if you give out of the right heart, the Father is going to see and he is going to respond to you. So we got to have the right heart. But by investing our strength, we give it away. And you know, when I give my time away, when I give my money away, I lose control of it. I lose control of the money. I lose control of the time. And I invest it in that what God cares about, where his heart is. Because we love God. And you know what the Lord says? I see that. Those of you that stood up that helped uh, yesterday at VBS, you know what the Lord would say? I saw that. What little that might have been, what big thing that might have been, that work that you poured out. When you go to the rescue mission, when you go and do things for people, when you see somebody at Walmart and you help them load up their bags in their cart, when you see somebody hurting and you stop and you talk to them, when you see someone praying, or crying and you stop and you pray with them, you know what the Father says? I see that. And when you do that for that person, you're doing it to me. The Father, the Father sees. And, and you know what comes? One of these power encounters. He blesses us openly. And I want you to know that Jesus calls it a reward. He calls himself, calls it a reward. And he says that the Father will reward you. And there are people out there that would say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do something for a reward. They think, no, I don't want the reward. I'm just doing it for God because I love him. I want to do it without any regard for the reward. And you know what? It sounds real humble. But the problem is, it's more humble than Jesus. We don't want to miss what Jesus is saying to us. 
And if he's saying the Father wants to reward us, then we should desire the reward. Why should we desire the reward? Because it is the way the Father shows that he loves us. It's his expression of love to us in the natural, in, the, in, the, in our hands. I mean, it literally happens. How many of you um, know someone whose spiritual gifting is, is a giver? And, you know, when you don't receive their gift, you kill them. You try to be a big person, no, no, thank you. But that's all, that's all their heart is, is to give. Please receive this. This, bless, this person would say, this blesses me by you receiving it. Please receive it. And when you receive it and enjoy it and talk about them, they love it. They just light up because their spiritual gifting is to give. Do you know what God's spiritual gift is? Giver. He's all of them, but he's also a giver. My dad is a giver. My natural dad. So, of course, I'm going to receive his gifts because it blesses him. Well, keep blessing me with your gifts. It's like what Jesus is saying. I want the Father's gift. The Father responds with love. He's, he's enjoy, he, you know what he does? He enjoys us enjoying him, enjoying us enjoying him. So why would we want to say, no, God, I'm just not going to do it for that reason? Jesus gave us that reason. He gave us that reason. We do it for the reward. Well, Jesus, I appreciate your teaching, but I'm really at a different place than you could understand. I really don't want the Father's reward. Jesus says, no, the Father is a rewarder. He loves you and he wants interaction with you. And sometimes that interaction comes through the Father's rewards. Besides that, when God rewards us, God is showing how he feels about the way that we love him. When God rewards us, he is showing He is responding to the way that we are loving him. We've given, we've obeyed, he responds. He loves that. Have I just lost y'all? Okay. (laughs) And God's rich. He's got a lot. Something I love about that song we sang is he doesn't faint. He doesn't grow weary. We don't do something in our life and and all of a sudden God catches wind of it and he passes out from. What happened? Oh, he doesn't grow weary. He doesn't run out of treasure. He's got treasure stored up, waiting to bless us. Waiting to bless us. He's really rich. I want to encourage you, if you struggle with rewards, hashtag go with Jesus. Jesus is telling us the Father is a rewarder. Go with that. Thank you, Lord. Encounters with God financially. So I give a certain amount at a certain time, and when God answers back, the amount and the time corresponds. I'm going to show you the scripture from this. What do we conclude from that, that when we give, we get answers uh, in our finances or in our life? That God is watching. God is watching. God wants to confirm in your life that he's watching. There's nothing more dynamic in all of life to know that God is watching and, and responding with enthusiasm toward you. 
One way that he does that is in the realm of money. Sometimes when we worship, sometimes we feel his presence, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we pray, sometimes we, we get the answer right away, sometimes we don't. But with money, God, God blesses us in an open way. It's one of the major ways that God interacts with us. Many believers, because of fear or covetousness, they don't give, thinking, I won't have enough for tomorrow. And the Lord is saying, oh, you're missing the dynamic of the relationship between you and the Father. You don't realize what dynamic you're missing of him loving on you and you loving on him and him responding to you and you responding to him. That's what, I, that's what the Sermon on the Mount is for, is to get us interacting with the Father. Jesus, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, is telling us who the Father is and how to line up with his kingdom. Don't miss the dynamic. And what happens is when we start having that dynamic, especially in our money, you know what we start doing is we start building history. We start building a testimony. We start having something to stand on, which is called faith, so that when the next hurdle is in front of you, you start thinking, I can do that. I can't do it without God, but I know I can do it with God. How do I re-engage God in this? Because I don't want to jump this hurdle without him. I'm going to trip and fall. No, no, no. Jesus, Sermon on the Mount tells me how to engage. Let's engage. God opens with an open way, in an open way. Those interactions are not only precious to me, but they're a way to process life. They increase my faith. They draw me closer to God because I recognize that he's watching and he is enthusiastically responding to me. So if he is watching in the way that I give, you know how else he's watching? He's watching in the way that I serve. He's watching in the way that I'm blessing my enemies. He's watching in the way I'm giving my time. He's watching. Not, now remember, it's not so that he can bring judgment onto you it's never said that in, in this scripture. It's he's watching so that he can reward you. What God is saying is, you do something under my kingdom, under my authority, I will not miss blessing you. I won't miss it because I see it all. Jesus is saying he doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't faint. He doesn't grow weary. That little act that you did, he saw. And what we're going to see later on in Matthew chapter 6 is that treasure that you're laying up in heaven will be there forever. It will never diminish. The blessing that you have coming from that act of service will never, kingdom-wise, ever diminish. Now, things here on earth diminish. We die, we leave everything. But kingdom treasure never diminishes. You guys are a hard group to figure out today. I'm not done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there today. He's watching. And knowing that he watches changes the way that I live in a positive way. God desires to bless you. And when, I, and when I face financial pressures, how many of you face financial pressures? We all do. Regularly. Just like you, I have a lot temptation, a lot less temptation to fear because I have a growing history with God and with my money. Now, fear still wants to sneak in every now and then. Fear isn't totally gone, but the fear level is so much lower, and it is, um, I can overcome it. 
I can overcome it because I know God is watching and He will respond. Elizabeth and I are saving up for, for an event that we've got coming up, and we're really believing for the breakthrough to, to, to be able to do something. So we've just, I've just been putting birthday money, but just been setting money aside. Been praying over it, been doing the right things, doing the Dave Ramsey. We feel like we are, we are being good stewards of our money. I, we, I feel like, I've told her over and over, I feel like the Lord's going to bless us. That's not inappropriate. I'm not being selfish. I'm hearing what the, Jesus has said about my father, and I'm expecting him to respond like Jesus has taught me. I'm doing the natural. God does the supernatural. So sure enough, uh, we had Wednesday night, we had Teen Challenge come. And I told y'all just the last week we gave to Mustard Seed Ranch and we didn't have the money. So here comes Teen Challenge. Well, glory, I just couldn't wait to give more money. So she said that money that we're saving, I think we need to give some money out of that. It's money that's already been tithed on. It's money that we've already done the right things with, but we're believing for this. She said, Paul, I think we ought to give some out of that. You know what I said? Great idea. Give it. All it does is it takes the pressure off of us and it puts it on to God. And you know, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. I'm not trying to tug at your wallets. If you know, we've already taken up the offering. I could have done the offering last. It has to be done with the right heart. It's got to be done with the right heart. But sure enough, we're sitting down there and both of us, if you had heard the testimony that was given from Teen Challenge, you would have, I would have hoped you would have stood up and shouted hallelujah. One of these ladies who got free got saved at Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames in this church two years ago. While she was giving her testimony, she said, I don't know if you know this, but I got saved in this church two years ago. And I'm like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But she said, I want to give out of that fund. I said, okay, give it. Give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured out into your bosom. Do it, God. Do it, God. Oh, that's my next scripture. How about that? Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. He starts off, and what does he say? First, first word. Give. We want the good measure, shaken together, pressed down, running over. Without the give. No. Give. You don't have to worry about the second part. It's already in place. You don't have to worry what will be given back to you. We don't have to go to God. God, don't forget, I gave that right here. Now you need to press down, shaking together, running over. He says, no, 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 you don't need to remind me of that. I know what my word is. I'm watching over it. I will fulfill it. You gave it. You got it. I'm watching. I'm watching. He says, give. He's talking about more than money, but the, main, but the money is the main thing he's talking about. He says, if you give, the Father will respond. He'll respond back. In his, and his timing is different sometimes, not always, but the way he gives back isn't always the way that we're imagining. Praise God, his way is much better. His timing is much better. But we are better off economically. You give maybe in your need. Maybe you don't even have a surplus. The Father sees and he will respond openly in a way that is measurable. Others will see it. It's not a mythical blessing. It is measurable, practical, and natural. Jesus says he will give to you. And pay close attention to the enthusiasm that Jesus says. He will give to you good measure. Watch the four phrases. Good measure. Good measure. 
pressed down, shaken together and running over. If you've ever seen somebody do this with a big tub, you know, you take basketballs and put them in there and you fill it up, you can probably get three basketballs. Then you take tennis balls, shake it around, get them in there. Then you take littler balls, shake them around. Then you take uh, M&Ms, yum, shake it around. Get it in there. Then you take even smaller, maybe BBs shaking around. Then you get sand. And next thing you know, you have just, you've got a lot. But it doesn't stop there. Then it runs over. And it hadn't stopped. Running over. Running over tells me it, there's, there, it's, it's unlimited. Now that it's full, rest of it, it's just going to run over. My blessing's going to run over. It says run over. Everybody say run over. But before it can run over, it's got to be pressed down, shaken together, and left one out. Good measure. That comes. Somebody get excited about giving. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like my wife's suitcase when she packs. I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. She piles stuff in there. Then she piles more stuff in there. Then she piles more stuff in there. Then she... Piles more stuff in there, and then it won't shut. So she sits on it, and she says, "Come help me shut this." And then the rest of the stuff that she has left goes in mine. <laughs> Who can relate? Good measure. Press down, shaking together. Listen, I'm an organized guy, so I'll take all her stuff. I, I don't do this to hers, but I do it to mine, and I. Shift it around, and I make it to where everything will fit. She's more of the, well, kind of, not really. She's very organized, but I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to stuff like that. But I think God's a little OCD on making sure that he gets every inch of your cup full. There's no room for more because he's the God of more than enough. There's no room for more because he's filled it. And then he overflows it. And church, that's your money. That's your marriage. That's your kids. That's your time. That's your church. Whoo, hallelujah. That's our suitcase. Can you see Jesus' enthusiasm about the Father? Now, I want you to know most of the giving, most of the responding of God comes through other people in situations. It's not like you show up and you got a pot of gold at the bottom of the rainbow. No, he, he works through his people. He works through his kingdom. He works through, through the way that we work. He somehow meets our needs supernaturally. Good measure. And then he says, the ball's in your court. He says, in the way that you give, in the measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. So I want you to know you don't have full reign on the blessing, but you do have a part. I have a part in how I'm blessed with the same measure that I use. You know, it scares me sometimes. I think I didn't use a very good measure. God bless it anyway. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to use the measure you used. So think about that when you give. Think about that when you serve somebody else in this community. Think about how you need me to move in your life. Go move in somebody else's life. That's how we give. The lady that gave two pennies out of her need, 
not out of her abundance. It's your love for the Father that He responds. It's not the measure that you never use. It's not the measure that you think, man, I, I need to use this measure, but you don't. It's the measure that you use. Everybody say use. It's what you sow. It's not what you would hope to sow. It's not what you would like to sow. It's what you sow. He says, to that measure, I will respond back to you. It's a cause-effect dynamic. And we are to understand that dynamic. We're supposed to see that we gave and we got back. Wow. Do you want to know something? God wants to wow you in your money. He wants to wow you in your life. God is a wowing God. I want you to wow me, God. You may say, well, I don't want to give to get. I want to give for love. I want you to know that love is not minimized because we give in the way Jesus describes here in the Sermon on the Mount. Love is not minimized because we hear what the rewards are and it motivates us to give. Our blessing is not minimized because we give in that direction. Now, I want you to know, giving only because of the reward, you're missing the whole point. We're giving because we love God. But we're also giving knowing that we can trust Him with our money and He's going to bless our money. It's this huge love cycle. Let me close here with this scripture. Malachi chapter 3. We all know this scripture, but let's read it. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food or provision in my house. Capital my, his church, this house. And try me now in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Very famous verse. We all know this. Not because it promises supernatural finances, which it does. But one of the places, uh, it's one of the many places where it talks about supernatural blessing of your finances. But because it's the only place in the Bible where we are commanded, everybody say commanded, to test God. He doesn't say if you feel like it, test me. No, he says you test me in this. You test me in this. He commands us. Why? Because he so desires the interaction with you. If you will follow through on this principle, God will interact with you. He says, test me. I've got a lot of money. No problem. I love you. No problem. I'm noticing. I won't miss anything. No problem. Test me. And I will show you in practical ways that I'm interacting with you and how precious you are to me. And when you do things out of love for me, God says, the way that you're seeking after me with your money, I will see it and I will respond to it. I promise. The whole tithe. Test me. Try me. When does he say? Let's go back. Try me when? Read ahead. When? When? Now. When is now? Now is now. 
Don't wait. Trust me now in this and see that I won't pour out such a blessing for you. Trust me now. Now means now. What will happen? The windows of heaven will open up. You know what the Lord is saying to us right there? Not only will I bless you for being a good steward over your money naturally, those things are going to come, but now I'm going to kick in supernaturally. I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing. Do you see the supernatural interaction that when we give, we're commanded to try him. When we give, he's going to pour it out upon us. And how is he going to pour it out upon us? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. I think that's what the Lord was even referring to here when he says that there will not be, let me go back, there will not be room enough to receive it. Why? Because the room's full, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And that's not it. He'll rebuke the devourer. The devourer of what? Your fruit. Do you catch that? So that the devourer won't destroy the fruit of your ground. If you didn't know, there are spiritual forces trying to devour your fruit. Has anybody ever thought, there is a demon coming after my finances? You might have just said it in passing. You may have just thought it may not have been a big deal. Let me tell you, there is. Somebody, some spiritual force is trying to hinder your finances. You know what God says? Not only am I going to fill your cup, not only am I going to let you have food in the church, I'm going to fill your cup. Not only is that, but that thing that's trying to devour your fruit, I'm going to stop it. And the Lord says, when I tell it to stop, it stops. All of this starts with give. You don't get the rest of it without giving. You know what it makes me want to do? Right now, it makes me want to give. Lord, give me a chance to give. He says, okay, I will. Why? Because I, I said, try me now. So that means I'm going to give you an opportunity now. We're not going to pass the plates around again. We need to. If I were you, I would be glad for it to be passed around again. We're not going to do it. Now, you're going to go away from here, and you're going to have an opportunity to give into somebody's heart, into somebody's life, financially, in your time, in your prayer, in your heart. Church, give. Give. Now, I'm going to close with this. The tithe. What's a tithe? If you look it up in Webster's Dictionary. 10%. It's a tenth. Tithe means tenth, right? So, Everybody always asks, and I've had this argument over and over and over, but let let, let me not jump the gun. God says, if you'll just give me a tenth, I will bless you more with your nine-tenths than you could ever do with your ten-tenths. If you will encounter me and just give this small portion, just this tenth, the first fruits, when you first get it, get rid of it. Lose control of it. Pastor, you don't know, I can't make it to the end of my month. We'll do it at the front of the month. The end of the month will be there later. Give it at the front of the month. Like, get God involved on the front end. Not praying for him to bail you out of your misery at the back end and you haven't given. God, Lord says, wait a minute, what measure did you use? You didn't use a measure. I'm stuck. God's not stuck. You're stuck. So we give. He says, if you'll just take a tenth. You know what you do when you take that tenth? You're saying, Lord, I love you and I trust you with my money. You said to do this, so I'm going to give you this tenth. First thing, take it. Boy, I need that tenth. But boy, 
I need you to have it because you're going to bless my nine-tenths. Then you say, well, what do I do? Do I tithe on the gross or the net? Anybody ever heard that? What do I tithe on the gross or the net? Do you all know what the gross and the net is? It's before taxes or after taxes. Dave Ramsey says that between 2 and 4% of evangelical Christians, that's what we are, the people in the church, people going to church every single week, love the Lord, gave their heart to Jesus, between 2 and 4% tithe. So his response to, do you tithe the grosser than that? He says, who cares? Tithe. Just tithe. You wonder why your finances are in such bad shape. Just tithe. Don't worry about the gross and the net. Another pastor that I read this last week said, what measure do you want to be blessed on? The grosser than net. So don't get hung up with it. Just give it. From my standpoint, when I, when I, 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 every week I'll have Michelle, I'll say, Michelle, what's the, what's the gross? She'll send me a figure. I'm like, okay. And then it's within pennies. I just round it up to the nearest dollar and say, okay, it's yours, God. I'm not going to round it down. I'm going to round it up. With the measure I give, it'll be given back to me. Now, church, it's time to give. It's time to get interacting with God. Church, we need to build this big building back here so that we can have VBS in there and we can bring kids in here and we can have fellowships in there and we can uh, have heaven's gates and hell's flames in there and win the lost. When we give money, we're, we're going after souls. We're not going after a building, but we need the space. Church, we need you to give. You know what God says? Give. I'm going to bless you. You're not going to come up short. You don't come up short with me, the Lord says. Stand up with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm going I'm to pray fast. I've kept you too long today. Father, turn our hearts into giving hearts. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I just ask you, Lord, to give us a supernatural, give us a, give us a natural moment today to give. We need seed in the ground. We need breakthrough in our children, in our marriages, in our finances, in our jobs. Some of you are looking for a job. Some of you are having a hard time finding a job. I want to encourage you, give. I say, Pastor, that's the most backwards thing I've ever heard. Give. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You may be saying, Pastor, I can't afford to give. I want to change your thinking. You can't afford not to give. We need the windows of heaven to open up over our finances. And, that, and, and we need to stop the devourer from taking our fruit. Now I want you to know in your, natural, in your natural way, you have no power to stop the devourer. Jesus Christ paid that price for us. And the way that we respond is that we respond by giving. Change your way of thinking. Do you know Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you give your heart to Jesus right now? Just right where you sit, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I've made mistakes. And I just ask you to come into my heart and to save me. Forgive me and save me, Jesus. 
Do you need prayer today? Do you need breakthrough? Do you need somebody to believe with you in prayer to lay hands on you? Are you, are you battling sickness? Are you battling financial disaster? I just want to open this uh, altar up uh, just right now. Those that are praying with me, come on down. We're just going to open the altars. Miss Tammy sings, I'm literally going to dismiss you. And I just want to just open up this altar for prayer. Elizabeth and I will stay down here to pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just command the purpose and plan of God to be released over this church, over your people. And Lord, where we have been so afraid to give, Lord, that you would remove that fear today, Lord, and that we would trust your word, that we would trust your direction, and that, Lord, you would come to our rescue in our finances. I thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord, our provider. Now, we just position ourselves for you to provide for us. We trust you, and we believe you. Father, I just pray for a great week this week over VBS. I pray for children to be saved. Pray for families to be rescued. Pray for this life group tonight, for families with children to just come in and and find a place in your church. Bless us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.